0: Telling you when you were playing lousy. Uh, they let you know it plenty, and uh, and you knew you deserved it, but you didn't like it.
1: Exactly. Well, uh, before you got to Brooklyn, you grew up in Anderson, Indiana. Tell us a little bit about your life growing up in Indiana.
0: Well, I was a skinny little kid, and I uh, was raised in a mixed neighborhood, so uh, it was, was kind of like... Uh, Prophetic that I was uh, one day going to play with the first black player in the in uh, the major leagues with Jackie Robinson. But I really grew up in a black neighborhood. I mean, in a mixed neighborhood and uh, hardworking families, uh, all modest homes. And just after the Depression, I was born in 1926. So uh, we were still in some tough times, I guess, uh, in my early years. I wasn't real healthy as a small guy. I had diphtheria when I was really young. That was almost a, a, almost a desk uh, mail in those days. Um, and then I had a surgery. I finished high school and uh, was drafted in the Navy in 1945. So uh, I missed a chance to take a scholarship at a couple of universities, but uh, went into the Navy. Uh, the war ended uh, shortly after I got in, actually, so I didn't stay in long. When I got out, Mr. Ricky was uh, right on the ball and signed me in my first uh, contract. That was in 1946. So, um, as a kid growing up, though, I was a baseball uh, fan. And so I walked down the long walk to the street and hailed a cab. When I got in, the guy said, Where are you going, buddy? I said, Forbes Field. Well, he looked back at me with a strange look on his face. And I glanced up at the porch. And the whole team was breaking down in laughter because Ford Field was a half a block around the corner from the Shimley Hotel, and so that's how they greeted <laughs> me. The Brooklyn Dodgers greeted me by uh, doing the thing a rookie ought to ought to get uh, put on a little exactly. bit. So that was it.
1: A little, a little rookie hazing. Never hurt anybody, right? Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Well, it was kind of a. Kind of a good omen, though, for me to join the team, and uh, you guys accepted me, and Jackie came to my locker. He was the first one in my locker. He said, uh, son, uh, you couldn't miss. I, I hit against you in spring training twice, mm-hmm. and, and he told me then at that time, he said, you're not going to be in the minors very long. And sure enough, uh, two months later, uh, Jackie was up. But he called me in the pitch, and um, so I was a little wild. First, I think I might have walked the first guy, and then Kiner, uh, their big hitter, the big 50-home runs a year hitter, uh, he hits a sinking line drive to left field. And George Shuba, who was a good hitter for us, uh, not not as great a fielder, but he made a shoestring catch off of Kiner's line drive, and he doubled Johnny Hoppe off first base and got me out of the inning. And the next inning, we scored some runs, and I get... <laughs>
1: Of course, that comes out after all these years, right? <laughs>
0: well,
1: I, it, it's a good segue. Uh, you were talking about Jackie Robinson. Uh, tell us more about your relationship with, with Jackie. Well, well,
0: as I said early on, I I grew up in a mixed neighborhood. But one of my closest friends for life is a young man named Johnny Wilson. Johnny and I were in elementary school together. We We were in the fourth, fifth, sixth grade together. And Johnny was a skinny little kid as well.
1: And 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 let it let it let it out uh, at, at at an opportune time. Well,
0: I remember a situation when Pee Wee Reese had his thirtieth birthday, and you got to realize how popular Pee Wee was. He was he was just the gentleman, the scholar. You would say he was the professional, uh, and, and he was just loved in Brooklyn and and elsewhere. Well, they had a they had a birthday uh, celebration for Pee Wee, uh, the uh, governor of uh, New York, and then they, they pulled some automobiles around. Let Pee Wee's daughter pick out a car, and then uh, everybody lit a match or whatever and sang Happy Birthday to Pee Wee. But they turned the lights down when they when they did this uh, last event, holding the uh, the lights uh, candles, and uh, so when we got in the clubhouse after the game, Jackie was... He was so mad, he was just off the wall because the small flags down and ran up a Confederate flag to honor the little colonel from Louisville, Kentucky. It was totally an innocent uh, move. It was all about Pee Wee. But Jackie was... He was livid. He was... He said, I thought we chased... uh, I told we chased Jim Crow out of the ball. Yeah. Who would ever do that? Who would ever do such a thing? Well, he was on his bench, standing up. Just he was just on fire. with peppermint. That was our first. That was our first experience uh, living to, together in Brooklyn. Uh, they were a kind couple and knew we were young and didn't have much money. Uh, my problem was I couldn't find my way home at night. Uh, we play. We play a game and. Uh, either a day or night game, and most were games, in those days were day games. But uh, I'd get lost in Brooklyn, and I couldn't find my house. <laughs> but eventually I would. Um, there was a big sign. Of Brooklyn Union Gas Company had a big lighted sign, uh, high, and I would look for that sign because that was in my neighborhood. <laughs> and that's how I'd finally eventually find my way home. But well, what I did find was something very different than we expected. Uh, going to a big city from a small midwestern uh, town of Anderson, Indiana, uh, you know, Betty and I were quite young. I think very early twenties, and but we so uh, we all went back to our hometowns in the off season, except Gil Hodges, and Gil Hodges was the uh, he was the epitome of a Dodger player because he married a girl from Brooklyn <laughs> and <laughs> lived there lived there year round. So, uh, but, but a lot of stories have been told about the fans and the intimate relationship with the players, and, and this probably could be true to some extent. Uh, to any so, this happened more than once, but the first one I, I recall was. I pitched against the Chicago Cubs uh, in Brooklyn, and um, it was a rain-delayed game, but it turned out that I pitched a no-hitter against the Cubs. Well, of course, there was a lot of celebration in the clubhouse and, and the Brooklyn fans. But when I got to the neighborhood, oh, they had balloons in the trees and uh, and uh, confetti, and they had the whole nine yards. They had a street party uh, to celebrate the no-hitter. Well, and um no no off of uh, uh okay. Lafayette Walk was our address anyway. But down the block was a uh, a deli. A guy named Abe Myerson uh, owned a deli. He had about five or six little red headed kids, and I know he was struggling uh, to keep going, but but any time I would pitch, win or lose, Abe Meyerson was at my door with two bags of deli groceries. And he'd say, "Here, Carl, you got to." And um, I'll find my way back to Lafayette Walk, take my family if they're with me, and we go take a look at the old neighborhood. It hadn't changed much. It's pretty much the same as uh, we remembered it, and when my kids grew up. So, so I guess
1: uh, I've been been out to Bay Ridge. Ridge. I'm gonna be out to Bay Ridge on, on Thursday uh to see Brooklyn baseball historian Tom Knight and I will have to find Lafayette Walk and take a look. Yeah.
0: I think it's between Third and Fourth Avenue on eighty um, sixth street. I think it's right in that neighborhood. But it's a it's a walk, you know, it's a row houses off off of the main street and um it's still there. And the the row house I lived in, is still there.
1: Looks this like 95th Street, 95th Street, the R train. That's that that uh, was okay. that was the stop. Okay. <laughs> well, so, we we're running out of time, uh, and I obviously I have a plethora of questions, but I'll leave this to
0: you know what you did know. This huge farm system, uh, 26 farm teams, almost uh, I think 790 players under contract in those days. And uh, so, But Mr. O'Malley himself was a very astute businessman, and he was very futuristic. Uh, in, in 1955, I was player representative, so I was in his office a few times just to uh, talk about various things, but he called me in his office to show me a Dome Stadium that a young architect that he knew had uh, designed for the stadium where the Mets play in uh, Brooklyn. And... Uh, and uh, it's just ironic that uh, the city fathers wouldn't let Mr. O'Malley build his stadium there uh, in, in the 50s, 1950s, and so he got romance to go to Los Angeles. Uh, I respected Mr. O'Malley um, for one thing; he, he had a crusty um, exterior. He he was kind of a uh, maybe kind of cold. Probably not. Uh, start of the ball game, day. And the first pitch is always important just to see the season off and running. Mr. O'Malley ignored opening day first pitch and fixed two hot dogs for my little down son Jimmy. Now I have to appreciate that Mr. O'Malley had a had a big heart. The uh, Brooklyn fans uh, would not agree with me that he had any heart, but uh, he desperately stayed in Brooklyn, and certainly was just pushed him the other way. But Uh, I don't defend Mr. O'Malley. I do respect him, and I I respect Peter and and Terry, who uh, agonize to this day over his father uh, being uh, uh, disliked in Brooklyn. And Peter has done something beautiful. He has connected the Dodger era with the L.A. era. And now, when I go to Los Angeles, I didn't play there very long, I played my whole career in Los Angeles and so Peter is probably, uh and it was uh, the end of my career but um, I respected him I took some of his advice business advice uh, along the way and I think he saved me uh, from going into a uh, probably a failed uh, experience <laughs> when I was thinking about going into restaurant business but uh, but Mr. O'Malley a uh, very generous man uh, didn't make a, a lot of headlines there, but out of his um, uh, means, uh don't know how wealthy Mr. O'Malley was, but he was uh, he was a well to do man. He he was very generous to uh, universities and uh, and other other worthy causes, uh, very quietly without any fanfare. So I hold him in great respect.
1: Carl, I can't thank you enough for joining me, and I, I of course, would love to have you back sometime and talk some more Dodger Baseball.
0: Just keep in touch. It's always my pleasure to be remembered after all these years.
1: Absolutely.